What is up, you guys? Welcome to this week's episode of Saturdays in Seltzers. This week, Sarah is back. We are announcing where we are going on vacation. We have our yearly awards show. Um, We are wrapping up all the sports we missed across all of the leagues while Sarah was gone and over the past week. So let's have a great show. Let's go. It's Saturday. Yeah. Gonna talk a little bit, sip a little bit. Sarah. Kendra, I see you ladies. <laughs> Y'all know what time it is. Uh. <laughs> Looking like you just graduated. Woo. Coming from a place that y'all gravitate. Looking like a boss, I just had to say. What's up, party people? Welcome back to another episode of Saturdays and Seltzers. Sarah Griffin, joined by myself, Kendra Middleton. Sarah, long time no see. I feel like the people probably need an update about where you have been. How how are we? How are things? I'm good. Things are good now. It's a hectic few weeks. It started off hectic, and it's finally settled down now. I'm feeling better. (laughs) I'm back into routine, so that's good. That's all that matters. And you can drink, so perfect. Yeah, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I feel like since we're talking about drinks, we have to talk about what we are drinking. Also, I just noticed, I just told Sarah what I bought. I bought the um, the new Spindrift Spiked Seltzers just because I like regular Spindrift, but I did not know that these were only 82 calories. Ooh. So that's kind of lit. We're in the double digit category, but this is the uh, half and half. So I guess it's supposed to be like an Arnold Palmer situation. So I'm going to try this. Sarah, what are you drinking? Okay, this, because everyone knows I like spicy margaritas, because I don't know how to say it, honestly, but I sent Kendra Snapchats like this is either going to be really good or like so disgusting. I have a glass of ice just because I feel like by itself would be gross. So we'll see. Um, so we are going to start a smash or pass series. So I think what we should do is put them on our story and then do a poll of smash or pass. And then we'll let you guys know how we feel. Um, this is supposed to be like an Arnold Palmer situation, I'm assuming, because it says half and half, correct? It just, it kind of just tastes, so. it tastes like water, which is like dangerous, but I was expecting, I had higher <laughs> expectations for like the flavor of it. But the fact that it tastes like just plain water is kind of dope. See, I'm already nervous about this. I can all I smell is tequila and like spice. <laughs> it Hell yeah! Like smell like it will be good. I just smell like straight tequila. Okay, okay. give us a, give us a sippy sip. Oh, that's actually really good. Okay, cool. All right, so okay, are you smash? Are you smashing? Smashing. Yep, that's okay. right. <laughs> Okay, why is it? Okay, do you know who Nigel Thornberry is? Yeah. Okay, why is it when I just said that, all I could think of was, hmm, smashing. <laughs> like, I don't like, know why. That audio clip and just put Oh my God. <laughs> yes, Tyler, please. That would be amazing. <laughs> I'm going to put that in for sure. Um, I have another flavor to try later. I feel like I'm going to go a smash with this. I feel like if it were like a hot summer day and I was like on the Cape or something, this would be fine because it tastes yeah. just like water. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go smash as well. I'm glad that we are back to trying new seltzers. Um, 
Also, since Sarah has not been back since Christmas, just want to give everyone a shout out who bought some of our merch or gave it as a gift or anything like that during our sale, which is still going on. We're going to keep the price point as low as we can for you guys. And if you have any suggestions for merchandise you would like to see in the future, please tweet us at Satin Seltzers Pod on Twitter or send us a DM at Saturdays and Seltzers on Instagram. Um, And I think that we should probably move into our HLH with that. So if you don't know what HLH is, it is our high low hero of the week, just to kind of give you guys a background on what's been going on with us in the last few days since we last talked with you. It's obviously been two weeks since you guys have heard from Sarah. So Sarah, what has your high low hero been since we heard from you? Okay, so my high, well, I have two highs. One, the Bruins are on a win streak, three games in a row. I feel like they look like a much better team in 2022. So maybe we can just forget about 21. But then my other high is on New Year's Eve, I just stayed in with my friend Jordan and I didn't drink a ton. I just had like a few seltzers and like some wine, but I usually hate New Year's. I feel Mm. like it's a very overrated holiday. Me too. So that was the first time I was just able to like sit in and do nothing, which I guess I did that last year, but I was with like shitty people. So Mm. I also (laughs) stayed in. Yeah, I also stayed in. I liked it. It's so much nicer. Did you watch the uh, football games at all? No, we just watched like romance and comedies all <laughs> there are two types of girls and it is me and sarah griffin <laughs> that is amazing okay what was your low and your hero okay my low is obviously i do not have a car so i feel like a middle schooler again just be like oh can you pick me up here like can mm. someone come get me like even on new year's eve like i was just going over her apartment i'm like okay i need to ride there i need to ride back like can someone pick me up here like my mom can get me mom come pick like me it. up i feel so stupid and i feel so bad everyone's like it's fine like i don't give a shit <laughs> all right and what is your hero my hero is, I don't know if you saw this, you know, the hockey player, Luke Prokop, he's like the first openly gay hockey yeah. player. He was doing a question and answer yesterday on his Instagram story. And it was the funniest thing I have ever seen. No, I didn't see this. Forever. Oh my God. It was so funny. I screenshotted some of them just because they made me laugh so much. Like someone asked them like, are you gay? And he's just like, no, sorry, man. <laughs> That is awesome. She's like Paul Rudd. Oh (laughs) my God. Yeah. I saw your story, but I didn't know that that's what it was from. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Okay. Perfect. Um, my HLH, if you follow me on social media, you would know that I was doing a giveaway to win a game day experience with me and Eric Dunn for the Patriots Jaguars game. Um, so that was my high last week. Uh, that was so much fun. We had a great time. Uh, the Jags obviously got their ass beat, but the Pats seeing the, cause I went straight from the Patriots game to the Celtics game with the boys and seeing the Patriots put up 50 in one day and Jalen Brown put up 50 in one day was like kind of a cool, like sports moment to see that in the same day. So I would say that was my obvious high. Um, my low is being a Jags fan because I don't know, have you seen what's going on (laughs) on Jags Twitter at all? Is it about wearing like the clown stuff yes. to the game? Yes. Yes. yes okay. I've seen that. Just through you, I've seen that. Okay. So when I tell you all of Jag's Twitter, 
is clowned out and there's like a protest scheduled for the last home game. I seriously mean that like every fan that's going pretty much is wearing like clown outfits and everyone has changed their avatars to like clowns and everything like that with like our owner's mustache on it. It's actually absurd. So like the fact that like fans of the Jaguars are so fed up that it's gotten to this point is like kind of my low, but that also brings me to my hero, which is being a Jags fan because like being a part of this absolute like shit show that has turned into this like revolt against our owner and like, like trying to get like our GM fired and all this crap. Like I'm so honored to be a part of this because like, this is just so cool to me. So it is my high, or I mean my low and my hero all wrapped into one sort of. So those are, those are my high, low hero of the week. Um, that's all I have to say. I don't know if you've like seen anything that's going on, but it's been like an absolute shit show. Well, it's so funny because I know when someone like follows me or likes my tweet through you because it's always someone with the clown. (laughs) So I was able to figure out quickly because I think you like tweeted something with my name in it. Or so I was getting tagged. I was like, I went on. I was like, why are there like a bunch of clown? That's amazing. Whatever. Just in my, I was like, okay. Then I put two and two together. I was like, this makes sense now. clown takeover well so I had the clown emoji as my avatar for a hot second and then I did this radio interview here and like didn't want people who were looking me up to see that I had like a clown avatar and like not get it (laughs) just because it's like Jags Twitter um so I had it for a while and it was really funny and I do kind of miss my clown avatar but that's what's going on there I hope I hope everyone that walks into the stadium on Sunday has on clown attire like I'm genuinely considering ordering Jackson like a clown outfit like the whole the whole nine yards <laughs> um so that's been really fun it's been funny we like made some some headlines which is cool but I know you have been dying to talk about what's going on with baseball so <laughs> I will uh I will let you talk about the elephant in the room yeah I mean before a couple weeks ago when we were supposed to record just the two of us like Christmas week or whatever I remember I was like oh yeah like I have no baseball stuff to talk about like there's nothing going on and I know there's still been no negotiations with the lockout like no movement there but then baseball gets into the news because fucking Rob Manfred has Ken Rosenthal fired from MLB Network because he like wrote an athletic article it's just like yeah like he needs to pick up his feet like it wasn't like I read the article it was not anything like damning like it was just like, you can't not talk about it. You cannot yeah. talk about him positively. There's no way you could put a positive spin on a freaking lockout. And Ken Rosenthal is probably the last guy that I'm like, you better watch what he says. Like, it's like the definition of a company man, I feel like. And if Rob Manfred's firing him, I'm like, I don't know what they're even talking about on MLB Network. Like, what is there to say at this point? Like, I feel like Ken's going to be fine. He'll probably get picked up like somewhere else. He still has his job at The Athletic and Fox. And I think it'd be honestly good PR for him to be what whoever ends up bringing him on. It'll be like, yeah, like, fuck you, Rob Manfred. And uh, everyone will rally around and players already are like baseball fans. But in what way is this beneficial to Rob Manfred? Like all you got was bad press and you already have so much bad press. I don't understand the move. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was just going to say is I was like, I feel like when you know that the spotlight is already on you for a negative reason, and then you Mm -hmm. go and have someone lose their job for something that isn't really like, and, and I don't want to say it's like not a big deal. Like, I I don't know. Like, I don't, 
I just don't understand how you, it, for me, it kind of reminds me of the situation with the Jaguars right now. Like if mm-hmm. RGM wasn't such a piece of shit, I don't think it would be that big of a deal, but it's like, I feel like we're not trying to get him fired for nothing or like something like small or whatever. Like this is, yeah. this is so stupid and it, it makes him look so bad. I'm just like your legacy, like his legacy as the commissioner is already fucked. Like, I don't think there's any way for him to come back at any point at this time. But I'm like, why are you just making it worse for yourself? And also, it's not like he was on MLB Network saying these things. Like, it was for the athletic. That's what the athletic does. You know, like, that's his job. Like, you know what you're getting involved when you put someone that's a writer for somewhere that's not affiliated with your organization. They're not being paid to say nice things about you like he is at MLB Network. And no one's going to take him seriously. Like, yeah, he's one of the best writers in baseball, but no one's going to take you seriously for like, oh yeah, like the lockout's going on, but it's whatever. Like it'll all work out because it does not feel that way at all. So he's just saying what everyone was thinking and he put it in the nicest possible way, honestly. Like I don't think Rob Manfred must check social media because he saw what people were saying about him. That was like the nicest way possible to put it, I'd say. Well, it's true. And like, I think that that's one of my favorite things about the athletic is that they kind of just let it rip. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that. That's what journalism's for. And I feel like far too often people like to blame the media for things, but it's like at the end of the day, it's not really even always, it's it's never really the media. It's what the outlet allows you to say or not say at the end of the day, like that's who's over your head. That's who's approving your stories. And that's who's paying you to write these approved stories. But that's what I so enjoy about the athletic is that it, it, I feel like it's one of the purest forms of journalism left. Oh, a thousand percent. Because whenever anyone asks you like, oh, like ideally, like where would you want to write? Like I never really want to just like cover one specific team unless it's for like, I don't want to work for a team. I'd rather work for somewhere like The Athletic where I feel like you have so much more freedom. And like, like you said, it's kind of like the purest form of journalism where you can just like, if you have an idea, you can run with it and not have to worry about, oh, like. I don't want to upset this person or this could get me in trouble with this person. Like it really is just, I don't give a fuck. The only person I'm reporting to is my manager and editor. So. Yeah. And I, I feel like I get that often because I'm one of those people in this industry that will just let it rip and I don't really give a shit. And people like to say that I'm too edgy or whatever, but it's like, that's what I appreciate about, appreciate about the athletic. And that's what the consumers of people who read the athletic appreciate about them is that they do just let it rip and they give you know voices who have a lot to say and don't really give a shit about what the masses think of them they're gonna tell you how it is and I as someone who's like that I appreciate that so that this that's the only reason this really I mean it rubs me the, the whole thing rubs me the wrong way but it's like that was my biggest issue with it is that you know what the athletic does I just like, I think it's so funny because I was saying just last week, I was like, I have not thought about baseball in weeks. Like there's nothing to think about. There's no news and that's don't fault, whatever. Then it gets in the news because of this. And it kind of just makes you feel more hopeless to the point where I was like, yeah, I really don't give a shit about baseball right now. How do you think that this from a player and fan perspective, the this and the lockout, how do you think that this is going to affect like the idea of baseball in this coming season? Well, it's funny because I like asked a couple of the kids that I interviewed for my minor league thing. Just like I was like, what are your thoughts like on the Ken Rosenthal thing or whatever? And they're like, well, obviously they're like, don't say that I said this. Like, I don't want to get in trouble, which whatever, but I'm not going to say any names. And they're just like, yeah, like everyone's been talking about it because it's like, 
baseball's already kind of on the down now. Like it seemed like it was finally going up last year. Like I feel yeah. like it was more popular than it has been, especially after the COVID season where like, it was just kind of hard to follow, especially when it was short and like, there wasn't that much interest. And yep. this year, I feel like you saw it like growing popularity, especially with like guys like Otani and like, Texas I was just going to say like, that people, yeah, people wanted to watch it. And now you have these people that are starting to get into it. And all of a sudden this is locked out. The commissioner is like, no one's allowed to say anything bad about me. And like minor leaguers are just like, our like end of the stick is already shit. And now it's just like everything is shit. <laughs> I just feel like it's like the old school, no fun league anymore. Like the NFL has a ton of, and that's, that's the thing too, is that like, there's not a ton of personality in baseball, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. like at least with hockey, like a lot of the guys have personality because they're foreign and like think like Americans can think (laughs) that that's funny when it's like, there's a lot of Hispanic players in baseball too. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, I feel like that like baseball is just, you know, put your head down. Like everyone's quiet. Like their interviews never really go viral or anything like that. And it's like, when you add something like this on top of it, it's already a hard sport to market because it's slow and it's old. And on top of that, and now this, it's like, where is base? What is the, where, where is baseball going right now? Yeah, no, I, what you said, like they have such strict media training, obviously like every player in every league gets media training, but I feel like with baseball, it already is, like you said, like this old, like white man's like old guys, like gentlemen's club, whatever. Like that's all it is at this point. And they're like, okay, you keep your mouth shut. Like don't get in trouble. And now it's leaking into, you see even guys like Ken Rosenthal, who's probably the last person I would be fucking worried about if I was Rob Manfred and saying anything bad about me. It's just like, it's, embarrassing and just makes it so much more boring than like you said like it's not a sport that has this perception of being super exciting to people on the outside (laughs) well and that's what I was going to say if you like would let your players have personalities and shit maybe the spotlight wouldn't be so negatively on you right now because then you'd have you know your Antonio Browns to come steal the show so that's how we will get into the Antonio Brown situation in that two different yeah. slots in our show later. Don't you worry. We are coming for you, AB. But that's how I feel about that. Obviously, there's nothing else really going on in baseball, but we can move on to the NFL because there are things that we can both talk about going on in the NFL yes. this week. So like I mentioned earlier, the Jaguars obviously played at Gillette this last Sunday. I was there. It was rainy. It was cold, but it was so much fun. People were kind of rude, but I still had fun because like I can clown people back. Actually, you know what my high should have been? So when we were leaving the stadium, there was this drunk, like 20 year old frat boy who was like trying to like fuck with me. And I don't think that he expected me to know sports. And so he Mm -hmm. started like clowning me and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, tripping back. And I was like, oh, you know, Mac Jones is from Jacksonville and Miles Jack wasn't down and blah, blah, blah. And he like said something about me being a girl or whatever. And we're like walking out and him and I are like screaming at each other and like traffic of traffic of people. And I was like, don't get mad at me because you could never find a girl half this hot or know half as much about sports ever interact with you ever again. And the crowd fucking erupted. And that should have been my high because that was amazing. 
but we went to the game, had a great time. You know, I love the smoke. So that was a lot of fun, but the Pats put up 50 points and I saw you tweet like a day later because you didn't tag me. And obviously my mentions were outrageous being someone from Jacksonville and living in new England, but I saw that you were like the Pats score is what? Oh my God. So I want to know if you have any thoughts about this game and you obviously have not that you didn't have bragging rights prior, but you definitely do now slash still do. So do you have any thoughts? Well, honestly, I was watching the Bruins game because that was their first game back or their yeah. second. I can't, I think it's their first game back. But so I was switching off between them. So I was just kind of going off of like, oh, like checking in, like, and I figured it would, wouldn't be like the super exciting game. <laughs> but then I like tuned over. I saw it was like 50. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I like tweeted that. And then I said that I was like, poor Kendra. And someone responded like, why are you so surprised? It's the Jaguars. I was like, it's still 50 fucking 50 points. It does not matter what team it is. I was like, that's insane. I was like, do not downplay it. That's pretty insane. 50 points is absurd. And that was the, the highest score put up again, like that was put up against us all year. So even by Jaguar standards, that was a little surprising. Trevor continues to throw interceptions. It's just and, and you know what, honestly, the fact that the Pats were playing the Jaguars is probably what lost me my fantasy football championship game is because they pulled Damian Harris so early. I lost by one point. So that was miserable. You lost by one point. One point. And it was like, yeah, it was bad. Um, it was, I lost honestly, because they pulled Damian Harris so early and I started Aaron Rodgers over Joe Burrow. Which, you know, any, and anyone, I know, and any like sane football fan, you're like, okay, it's a championship game. I'm not going to bench Aaron Rodgers. Like that's the obvious answer yeah. is that no matter what you start Aaron Rodgers, but I should have listened to my gut and ridden the hot hand because I always tell myself that you should ride the hot hand. Um, and I didn't, and I, and I lost by a point. So that's what happened there. But so I wanted to talk to you, speaking of being someone who is a Patriots fan, grew up in New England, all those sorts of things. Tom Brady, if it weren't for Aaron Rodgers and Jonathan Taylor and, you know, somewhat of his second half of the season performance, but like, not really, he's, he's, he would have been in the conversation to have an MVP season. And now his team is so injured. Godwin's out for the season. Evans is clearly not healthy. AB is gone. Like we just mentioned that we'll get into some of the drama later in the show. Gronk is never really healthy. But you have this Bucks team that obviously has these expectations just because it's Aaron Rodgers, or I mean, Tom Brady. And, you know, he's obviously played in Super Bowls where he hasn't had super great talent at receiving positions and stuff like that. If yeah. Brady goes on to win this Super Bowl or makes like a deep playoff run, do you think that this is potentially like his most impressive Super Bowl? In terms of just, like, the roster, like, assuming what it would be, because, like you said, there's so many injuries and just kind of looking at what he has left to work with, I think in terms of strictly, like, roster, I'd say yeah. Because I'm, like, thinking back on the Super Bowls he won won with New England. Obviously, he had some, like, super impressive games. Like, there's no denying that. But then you look at, like, who he was throwing to, like, the kind of weapons he had. And compared to what he has now, I think it will be difficult. Yeah, if it does end up happening. So yeah, I would say so. I love that take. I love that take from you because honestly, I expected you to say no, but it's like, we've watched, you know, Tom Brady make super, and and it's not to say that these guys wouldn't have been as good 
without Tom Brady. I mean, honestly, we'll never know because Tom Brady kind of molded, you know, the Wes Welkers of the world, the Danny Amendolas, um, the Julian Edelmans and stuff like that, who weren't these like huge names coming into the league or anything like that and made them champions. And it's like, Mm -hmm. now he has the best receiving core he's ever had. One of the best the NFL has ever seen. And everyone's going down. Everyone's injured. Gronk isn't what he used to be just because he's fucking like made of metal at this point. So I kind of honestly agree with you because you go from having this receiving core to clearly a significant drop off that if I think that if Tom Brady makes this happen, that's that just goes to show that he and not that there was any question of him being the goat prior but it's like yeah. anyone who's arguing anything otherwise now could they would just have to shut up especially winning two without bill like oh my god come on i would say even if he just like if he doesn't go all the way win the super bowl just a deep playoff run at this point totally will just be more to add on because like you said he's the goat there's no really disputing that at this point but just another accolade to add to that I agree. So two more things I want to talk to you about the NFL. I know that you obviously don't really give a shit about Ben Roethlisberger or the Steelers or anything like that. I fucking hate Big Ben. I tweeted that I would I take would say, his I just hate him as a person. Yeah, me too. I tweeted the other <laughs> night that I would take his tears any way I could get them, even if that meant like running on and off of Heinz Field for the last time. So his last home game was Monday night. Um, they won at his interview was absolutely disgusting. He was like, you know, the, the goal in football is to like take a knee or whatever. And it's like, I got to do that one last time at home or whatever. And I was, the montage before the game honestly had me fucking gagging. It was so disgusting. I was like, I hate the way that the NFL has just let people like this have a career. I was actually talking earlier to bring up the Antonio Brown situation again. It's like, there were so many allegations when I was like doing some research earlier that I forgot happened or thought that it was someone else. Mm-hmm. And it's like the fact that the NFL has gotten to this place that like, I can't remember the details of every person who sexually assaulted a woman and gotten away with it. I can't keep them straight. I can't remember who's who anymore. That's a fucking problem. But so when yeah. they did this like huge montage for him and stuff like that, and it was like, oh, thanks for your career, blah, blah, blah. I was just like, what? I'm like, I'm so ready for this ass clown to get out of here. So in case there was any question about how I feel about fucking Ben Roethlisberger, hopefully there isn't any more good fucking riddance. <laughs> um, and then I don't know if you saw today, I'm going to pull up the story because this happened like right as we were sitting down to record Baker Mayfield today, it came out. So he had surgery, I believe yesterday, Um, And it came out today that Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield must resolve his differences with Kevin Stefanski in the event that they need to coexist next season. So I guess that there was like a rumor that came out that him and Stefanski were beefing or something like that. And then Baker tweeted that it was like the media and like, don't put my name in your mouth to like put bread on the table or whatever about this like Browns reporter that I guess has been there for quite some time, even though that there were rumors of him potentially already not being there next season. So it's like now there seems to be like, there was trouble in paradise before with all the Odell Beckham Jr. stuff before he went to LA. And it's like, now there's drama with this, but it's like, how do you feel when players are, when, when someone does their job, you know, makes a report that they believe to be true. And it's like now Baker Mayfield, even though there was like, consideration of him moving on prior he's saying you know don't put my name in your mouth to put food on your table or whatever how do you feel when players approach the media that way just because you know if there is like an issue with him and Stefanski which seems to be true potentially like how do you feel about that I don't know because on the one hand I'm like they have every right to go tell their side of the story I feel like a lot of times players like own sides get 
mixed up and everything. And like, because it is like so heavy on like management coaching, that's who you hear the most from. Like you never really hear their side and you're less likely to believe it. But I also feel like that's what almost makes it worse, especially when you're someone like Baker, who I feel like is kind of just having like a shit show of season. People are like, Mm -hmm. oh, like shut up. Like you're just making up excuses for yourself. And I feel like that like it's almost like we need more people speaking out so that's like not something that you just automatically assume but at the same point I'm like I don't know I don't know enough about the Baker Mayfield situation like every part moving part to it but if Mm -hmm. I know he is one that tends to more likely speak out and it never really seems to go his way or ends up backfiring so that's why just in this case like I don't know (laughs) yeah I obviously, as a journalist, like I'm going to report whatever I know and whatever is the story and whatever someone has to say about it isn't my problem. Like that's obviously their side of the story and time will tell who's right. But I do appreciate like the rawness about Baker Mayfield. Like he has always been the guy to tell it how it is, tell it straight. Um, Even when he fucks up, I feel like he takes accountability for his own actions, which I think is awesome. So, but I kind of love that like raw authenticity about Baker Mayfield and I appreciate it. And I just hope that this doesn't come back to bite him in the ass. And it's like this entire time he was actually, you know, beefing with Stefanski or planning on leaving or anything like that, just because I think that that would really damage Baker's brand. Oh, a thousand percent. Okay, cool. I'm glad. I'm glad we agree there just because I needed some like clarification on how I felt because, you know, we're both in the media, but like we also have friends on the other side of the microphone. You know what I mean? And it's like everyone does in this industry when you talk to people so often, it's like you make friends and like you build relationships and it's like some relationships are different with different athletes and those sorts of things. So I was just curious how you felt, especially because Baker can be kind of like a firecracker from time to time. A little controversial. Um, Yeah, but I appreciate that about him. And I feel like players like that, honestly, make our job easier, you know, like the Antonio Browns Mm -hmm. of the world, the Baker Mayfields, the Ben Roethlisberger's, like there's always something to talk about, even when there's nothing to talk about, even if it's positive, even if it's negative, the fact that there's always something going on obviously makes our jobs easier. But when that happens, you're not going to like us because (laughs) so, um, Obviously, we have a lot of NLL and PLL stuff to catch up on just because you have been gone for two weeks. So I see you have in our notes about some of our awards that we are going to talk about later. The goalie fight. This was my favorite thing to happen this year. I don't know about you. Oh, easily. And so the thing was, I was doing, um, you know, obviously I work for Lacrosse Flash. So I was doing social for them that night. And it was between, because at first I just assumed I was going to cover the Toronto game and like just do the social updates for that. They're like, oh, why don't you do Rochester Albany? Because not as many people are watching that one just because it's not as exciting of a matchup. I was like, okay, yeah. So I was just like doing game updates, whatever. And, you know, like I'm in the NLL like social channel. So I always get all the videos and I like to be on top of it. So I'm the first one to get out even before the league. I know that's like, I shouldn't say that, but I do want to be the first one. Look at (laughs) you, girl. Wait. Yeah, I'm like watching it. Like it wasn't like a super exciting game. Like Albany's getting their ass beat in their first ever home game. And then all of a sudden, like things are just getting scrappy, you know, like there are fights in the NLL, but then I just see <laughs> Rochester's goaltender, which mind you, he, this is like his first like full game. Cause Evan Kirk, I think we talked about weeks ago was he no longer could play. He's, I think he's in the fire Academy or something. So this kid just like steps in and he's having a great game or whatever. And then Albany's backup goalie was coming in because their like starter was doing so bad. And they just 
start like going at it with each other and I'm just like sitting there in shock and like I need to get this up now as soon as I uploaded it to the social channel I was like I'm running with it and it was by far the most like engagement lacrosse flash has ever gotten like everyone's like messaging me in the slack channel they're like we just like tripled our numbers like all this stuff like of course it's Sarah that's like on this game the Twitter notifications just did not stop and I was like hell yeah that's right everyone's talking about this goalie fight <laughs> as they should like that never never I don't care what sport that never fucking happens <laughs> it was and like it was a pretty good fight it's not like they were just like shoving at each other back like it was like a street fight they took off everything <laughs> um I loved that and I'm glad that it made it into our words like right at the very yes. end of it um so that was fun any other PLL NLL stuff I don't think that I watched any games at all well now because like they were on they're like the NHL they took a pause on their week like it was the week that I like ended up not coming on they were down for like two weeks so this is their first week back since everyone was out fight. Yeah, so we're really not missing much. I was just saying the only three teams left that have not won a game are Albany, Panther City, and your Riptide. And so Albany- What else is new? Just a day to be miserable as a sports fan. (laughs) Welcome to being me. Luxury. (laughs) And so Albany this weekend's playing Saskatchewan. They're playing at home again, but I I don't expect them to win that game just because Saskatchewan is so good. Granted, they only have one win, but- all their like losses were by just one and like they're they're easily a playoff caliber team whereas Albany is not Panther City is an expansion team so I wasn't expecting them to do much they are playing at San Diego this weekend San Diego has been super good yes how the fuck do you come up with also if you guys haven't noticed by now anytime that happens it's me raising my hand to ask Sarah a lacrosse (laughs) question how the fuck do you come up with a team name Panther City also, my niece would love that. She was a panther for Halloween and people kept thinking she was a cat and she'd be like, I'm a panther. There was like some specific, cause I was watching the Panther City um, broadcast, whatever it was, however many weeks ago. It's like something, I forget what city it's actually in, but it's like some like old story and something about panthers. And so that's just, I don't remember what it there were, was. It there was, was a city very, of panthers, this one place, that one time. <laughs> It was like something about cats. I don't know. It was a very Texas <laughs> story. I was just like, all right. Because I, I thought, this is so stupid. I thought there's actually a place in Texas called Panther City. <laughs> where I'm going to, okay. This is just like me going off for a second. I'm opening Google Maps and I'm just going to type in Panther City and see where it pulls us up. <laughs> I want to say it's like Fort Worth, Texas. But <laughs> I think it took me it took me to Panther Lake in upstate New York (laughs) okay well (laughs) there's no Panther City in case anyone was wondering there should be (laughs) we should buy somewhere in the metaverse and name it Panther (laughs) City Actually, Panther City follows me on Twitter. I should be like, hey, me and Kendra are buying. <laughs> if you guys want to hop on. Yes, we could sell. Yes. How many NFTs do we need to sell to buy somewhere named Panther City? 
<laughs> if that goes anything about NFTs in the metaverse, contact Sarah Griffin. Us, big plans for Panther City. Why can't you just print more money? <laughs> That's in our ideal world. We print more money. Panther City is a real place <laughs> in the metaverse. And we make all of our money selling feet NFTs. (laughs) And bath water. idea. (laughs) If we made our feet fixed into NFTs, then you could sell them for like millions. (laughs) Wait, okay. We should actually do this. Okay. (laughs) So our bath water thing didn't work out. So now we're moving into feet NFTs. Hit us up, finance bros. We're tapping into the NFT market. (laughs) Tap, tap, tap in. What were we even talking about? <laughs> so yeah, Panther City, um, they have not won a game yet. <laughs> and then New York Riptide have not won a game yet. They're not playing this weekend, but they have Jeff Teat activated for next weekend. So maybe they'll win. Or I don't even know if, yeah, I think it's next weekend they're playing Panther City. <laughs> oh my God, I want to go so bad. It'll be a okay. battle of the losing teams. Okay, wait. So I have this later in the show. Should we just tell them now? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so before Sarah almost fucking died, we were going to announce on that show that we obviously are going on vacation, like we mentioned on Twitter. And drum roll, Tyler! <laughs> we... <laughs> are going to Philadelphia. Someone actually guessed it right. We are Woo! going to watch our boy, Matt Rambo, play against the Riptide. We are bringing him an SNS hoodie. Um, we are going to see Jeff Teat. We are going to see my Riptide. I'm really going to have to like maybe sew a Matt Rambo jersey Riptide situation together <laughs> or put like Rambo on a Riptide jersey. I don't know if you have suggestions, let me know. But we are going to a game and we are going to see a Flyers game as well because they are there. So if you have Philadelphia suggestions of what we should do, let us know. I think Sarah and I are trying to party. So no more cheesesteaks. No more cheesesteaks. No more. (laughs) I don't do cheesesteaks. Those are two things I don't do. Cheese and steak. I'm out. Um, But let us know (laughs) what we should do because we'll do it. We are going to Philly. Actually, you know what, Sarah? I'm going to make you listen to Sailing to Philadelphia by Mark Knopfler the entire way there. I don't really care. It's just going to have to happen. So let us know. Anyways, your last PLL NLL point of the week. Is it NLL? Yes, it is. Okay. NLL, yes. Yeah, so my last point is just the game to watch this week, if you're interested, is going to be Buffalo versus Toronto. I think we've talked about it a few times now, just this Buffalo team, like they have such a good offense. They're like a really fun team to watch, but they play two weaker teams. So I haven't really gotten a good indicator as to like what to actually expect from them and like what they're like up against a playoff caliber team. So I feel like it'll be nice to watch them up against Toronto, which I will say I am interested to watch Toronto too, just because for some reason they are one of the, like the best teams. They just like, haven't really interested me. Like I watched their games like, nah. Now they do have TD Erlen back, who, if you follow the PLL, he's the face-off guy for the Redwoods. He's a rookie, like super, super good. And, you know, typically you don't see as many American players in the NLL, especially face-off guys. Face-off's not as, like, impactful there. But I watched his debut game at NLL. You know, he's playing good defense. Like, he looked good. So 
I think it would be a good game to watch if you're trying to get into lacrosse just because Buffalo's offense and if you follow PLL TD Erlin. So if anyone wants to watch it, tweet us your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, do it. Um, what time is the game? I think seven. Okay, cool. If I'm around, I will watch it. We can live tweet it together. Also, I'm opening my second spin drift. This is the mango flavor. So I know you guys like a little can cracking ASMR. (laughs) I'm going to sip it while. Okay, so we actually do have something huge to talk about before I try this. We are going to move into our NHL stuff. Tuka Rask is back-ish, which right before- Right before you went down, um, <laughs> I'm just going to refer it to as Sarah going down um, for two whole weeks. We talked on our show about with the potential of Tuka Rask coming back, what that made the goalie situation look like. And I, you know, thought that maybe they would wind up riding the hot hand with Swayman and keeping him up there and stuff like that and sending Tuka down just because. He is sort of that team player. You don't really have to worry about his confidence or anything like that getting shattered. He's, you know, coming back from injury. He is in Providence for, I assume, a few different reasons at this point. So how do you feel seeing him back? What are your expectations? And how does this throw off, you know, the goalie hug scenario? Obviously, I am a diehard Tuka fan. I know there's the Tuka haters and then the ones that like ride or die by everything he does. I we call them Tuka truthers. Yes. Okay, perfect. I'm one of those people. It doesn't matter what he does. I will defend him to death. And I'm so okay with that because that's way less embarrassing than being a Tuka hater. But so I was watching his interview today and he was just like, Cause that's the big question, obviously, like what happens with Swayman and Omark? Like they finally had this chemistry going, you know, they both looked a lot better. I think ever since that like looming idea of, oh, like Rask is coming back, like things are going to get like kind of jumbled up. And I know we've talked about that before. And I did, someone asked Tuka, like, what was his thoughts on that? And he was like, I've practiced with both of them. Like we have a good thing going, like, I'm not here to earn this big like contract or anything. I'm just here to play. And like, I want to be at the Bruins. Like at the end of the day, I'm just a team guy. And like he said, part of his reason for coming back was he wants to continue to play with like Bergeron and Marshawn, you know, guys he like grew up playing with. So I do think obviously it's inevitable. We're going to get that shakeup. I don't know what it's going to be. I'm having a feeling it probably will be Swayman sent down just for, I don't know how long, just because yeah. Allmark does have that contract that makes it so difficult to do anything with him. And I do feel bad saying that because he like looks so much better and it just sucks though, because like you know Swayman is the long-term future, not Allmark, just like Tuka's not really the long-term future at this point. It's just kind of like him finishing out his career and yeah. he's such a good goaltender. So no one's going to be like, no, like besides- Yeah, we don't want you, yeah. But yeah, but for the most part, yeah. I don't know, like it just kind of, it's very bittersweet, I feel like, because it's nice to finally see Swayman and Allmark like both look very comfortable. I think Swayman's like game has really improved, especially, and again, we've said it before, he's so young. And he could take any experience he can get, whether it's at the AHL level where he's only had like seven games, I think it is, or at the NHL level. It just like sucks though once you have this guy who is developing so well at that high level and you have to kind of mess with that a little bit. But I do feel like none of those guys are very like selfish people that like, I need to be playing like top, like I need to be on the front at all times. Like any of them think will do anything for the team. 
And now that we're finally getting more out of the Bruins, like secondary scoring wise, like they're winning games that typically they were losing at the beginning. Yeah. I think it's just like, okay, we can make a playoff push. It's just like everyone has to pull their weight and you're going to have to make sacrifices. Yeah. So obviously the tweets about the whole Tuca thing have been awesome. Those have been really funny. I've enjoyed Twitter this morning, but my question for you is that obviously going into the year, the goaltending was you and I's concern. We kind of agreed about that. And now that's no longer our concern. Our concern has kind of been the scoring and the chemistry of the lines and those sorts of things. I see you have pasta in the notes. What do you think has been working? And it's not, I can't just be that it's a new year because it's it's a professional sport. You know what I mean? And they did get, you know, a little bit of a break and stuff like that because of COVID, but I just can't, I don't know if it's like they finally have found lines that are working for them or what, like, what have you seen that's kind of changed that just so happens to be at like the mark of the new year? I feel like the thing, like you said, obviously the break probably helped everyone just kind of like recoup, restart. But I think the big thing was that switching of the top in second line with putting pasta down the second line and then Craig Smith up on the first line because not by any means is Craig Smith like some like insane top liner like he's playing with Bergeron Marchand so I would hope he looks good like how do you look bad playing next to those guys but I was watching I think it was NHL Network was talked about it and they're like Craig Smith like he has a very predictable game but it's so like versatile that you can fit him in on any line and he will accommodate and get that production so like the top line I don't think was ever a problem like we've said that so many times like it's you need secondary scoring, you need chemistry on these bottom lines. And finally you get pasta. And I think the big thing with him on the second line is adding him and Taylor Hall together. Like when we didn't see Bergeron and Marshawn because they're out with COVID, I feel like pasta and Taylor Hall just like they mesh so well together. And you know, like pasta doesn't care, like, oh no, I'm not on the top line anymore. Like again, they're all just like team guys that are like whatever works. But they're just both such like talented, skilled, like fast skaters when they're on the ice together. I think it works for both of them because like obviously Pasta broke his slump, but I feel like Taylor Hall had such a slow start to the season that having someone like Pasta on the same line as him just helps his game so much more that we're finally starting to see that like production that we expected from him all along, which has been great. And then obviously the third and fourth line all of a sudden just like woke up too. I really don't know how that happened. I'm not complaining at all. I know NOSEC just went down with COVID. So that kind of sucks, but it just seems like next man up mentality with that bottom six. So I'm not too worried about that. I just hope that that second line in particular, like continues to roll. And I know Bruce Cassie said, nothing's like set in stone. Like that's not going to be the lines forever. If they have to move pasta back up, then they will. But for now, I feel like this is like, the best case scenario. Yeah, I agree with you there. So I'm glad that you added the winter classic and the world juniors into our show notes, but I see you have some stuff about the James Norris Memorial trophy thoughts. Yeah. So obviously I love Charlie McAvoy. I really wanted him to win the Norris last year. Adam Fox a thousand percent deserved it. I kind of assumed my early prediction was it was going to be Adam Fox again this year, but I love Kale McCarr just because obviously you've seen him play so much too at UMass like he was in this division so everyone like knows him around here Mm -hmm. I just love Kale McCarr I just love him and then he had that unreal goal the other day and it was while I was doing my training actually and so I was like in the slack channel and I was like oh like someone should post this like whatever and then I like said something I was like that could be the like closest to because you know McDavid had that crazy like three on one goal early in the season I was like that's the goal of the year against the Rangers like no question about it. I was like, 
this one might be pretty close. Like it was, I wouldn't say it was as impressive as the three and what three on one, but the fact that he's a defenseman kind of just adds to it. And honestly, it kind of looks like a video game glitch the way he scored it. Like, yeah, he broke that defenseman's ankles or no, yeah. I don't think it was a defenseman. It was a forward, but that was nuts. Yeah. It's been definitely a fun. I, I honestly have to say that obviously outside of the NFL and stuff like that, just because I'm such an NFL nerd, usually the NHL and the NBA kind of sit around the same for how much I enjoy watching them. I've had so much more fun watching the NHL than the NBA this year. And I know you're not a huge basketball fan, but I think that yeah, that because the NBA has been growing at such an insane rate and it's been so entertaining because the NBA allows their players to have more personality than most of the other leagues that speaks a lot to what's going on in hockey this year, even with all the COVID kind of complications. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I feel like there's been so many just like more viral plays from hockey this year than we've seen in the past that like is catching everyone's attention, not just hockey fans. And then it is like, it's, I like that. It's like young guy, like Kale McCarr who like, like Justin Bieber reposted his goal today. And I was like, I know Justin Bieber is a big Leafs fan, so of course he does follow the NHL, but just like in general, like getting that out there because it is such a like insane goal and it like people are like, what the fuck is this? Like, why am I not paying attention to this? And again, I just love Kale McCarr. I think he's so like sweet and wholesome. So I'm like, yeah, good. He's young. He's easy to market. Like, good. That's the type of face I want. It's also just different when, you know, you work in, you know, college athletics here and you get to see kind of the hockey east players go and have mm-hmm. these cool careers i feel like i personally get really attached to stuff like that i work so closely towards so i think that that's been a lot of fun um i'm also glad that you put the winter classic in our notes because i totally would have forgotten about this i think we should go next year i would love to go to the winter classic it was so cool just like seeing it and I had a few friends there at the winter classic this year and I was like oh like how is it like I know it's so cold whatever and one of my friends was one of the social media leads for one of the teams so she was like I'm miserable right now she's like this is so cool and I know I'm going to like look back on this be like that was such a fun experience she's like I'm trying to like tweet and I can't feel my fingers but then one of my friends was just there watching and he was like this is the coolest like game I've ever been to like you have to go to one like he's like as long as you have some alcohol on you, you're fine. Like, this is so much fun. And it looked so, like, it was just so aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> I think that this should be, like, tickets and, like, the trip should be our Christmas gift to each other next year. Instead of, like, getting yes. each other anything, we will just buy our way to the game. Mm-hmm. I think that that should be our move. I'm going to put this down in our notes now and start, like, an <laughs> ongoing thing of stuff that we want to do. Like, I think that this summer, we should do it by season. Yes. So we should try to go to like something every season. Like, obviously I think we should go to a Brewers game this summer, but like next winter, I think that this is the move. Oh yeah. A thousand percent. We have to go to a winter classic. I've never been to an outdoor hockey game. Really? I don't think I have either because when I started going to UNH, they weren't playing the game at Fenway anymore. So yeah. Yeah. So I don't think I have either. So we should definitely do that. I think that that would be a lot of fun. Also, if you follow hockey at all, you know about the World Juniors cancellation. I have been semi-vocal about this on Twitter. I think you have as well in our thoughts about this. This, you literally just wrote in our notes that it's been an absolute shit show. And I completely agree with you on 
all of that. I just, I feel so bad for these kids. It's like, especially because one, you had the like world juniors canceled, but even before that, like the like girls team, they were the just, girls yeah, team. sorry, that's not happening anymore, which that was just like blatant. Like, yeah, we don't give a fuck about you. And then people started caring once world juniors got canceled. Cause obviously that is the sport or that is the event that more people are watching, but I'm like, no, all these kids got screwed over, but like mm-hmm. everyone only cares about this, which understandable. Like it's one of my favorite things to watch, like hockey wise. But just the way the organization handled everything, like, I don't know if you saw, they're like, yeah, like, we were in a hotel, like, not in a bubble or anything, like, it wasn't like it was just the kids in the hockey tournament, like, it was, there's some wedding going on there, like, the kids were, like, in the elevator with these people, like, just random people, you know, it's a bunch of teenage kids, like, you can't contain them, really, and no one was making any effort to even try, and then they're, like, shocked that COVID is spreading and, like, the peak of COVID right now. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. And then just the way everything was handled and they're like, oh yeah, like we're going to cancel it, but we might postpone it till the summer just for the boys though. It's like, yeah, what? I just, I don't don't understand how in the year 2022, you can justify canceling something for one gender over the other and it's like I understand that with this and March Madness and stuff like that yeah the boys make more money but my thing is is that it's at such a profit that it costs you next to nothing to let the girls Mm -hmm. fucking participate too and it's like it just it's we're obviously a show about sports hosted by women so it's like yeah we feel pretty passionately about this but it's the fact that like I feel as though this was so swept under the rug once the boys stuff was canceled too, because then they had the excuse Mm -hmm. of like, oh, well, it was canceled for everyone. It's like, no, fuck you guys. You had the intention of only canceling it for the girls because it's a fucking inconvenience and doesn't make you enough money. And quite honestly, I'm so over this and I don't know how it gets better. I don't know how to hold people accountable. I don't know how those things work. I'm just pissed off. Yeah, I a thousand percent agree. I think they did just, they're able to sweep it under the rug because like, oh, everything's canceled. So you can't get mad at us anymore. It's like, you never even made the effort for those young girls to be able to play. And you didn't have the intention to either. No. And that's, they don't that's care really, at all. no, they don't give a shit. And it sucks because it's like, okay, well, if you don't want to have these sort of competitions for the girls, first of all, that's fucked up. But second of all, cancel them before they even have the opportunity to get to these places and put in all this time and effort and stuff like that. And it's like, do I think that that's still wrong? Yeah. But it's like, then you're not wasting people's time and energy and money and effort and their parents on the same page. You know what I mean? And it's just like, Mm-hmm. or figure it the fuck out like you have all of this manpower and all of this capital figure it the fuck out it's not I really don't feel like it should be that hard because this is just absurd and I hate it um no I agree I don't think there's anything that difficult about it it was just poor planning poor management. everything on their behalf yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, If by strange chance you are a girl who was supposed to play, please DM us, tweet us if you know someone, anything like that. I think that this goes for both of us when I say that we would love to have someone on and have their thoughts, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. be shared about it. So if you know someone, you listen to our show, 
and you are a young woman that wants to come chat, please, please reach out to us if you're allowed to. If not, it, it doesn't even have to come on the show. Honestly, I would just love to listen to what you have to say. Um, yeah. So I just want to give some quick thoughts on the national championship game and the playoffs that just happened. I know that you said you didn't watch any of the games, which is so fine. <laughs> But the earlier game was the Alabama-Cincinnati game. And I pissed off a lot of people with a tweet that I had that said that group of five schools were never going to be allowed back in the college football playoff. And honestly, that was just a joke. But the fact that I triggered so many people and so many people were mad makes it that much better. It's just like I feel like this was the committee's one opportunity to let a team in that was a non-group of five school because they quite honestly, don't bring in the same amount of money. And my point is, is that we all know that all the committee cares about is money, which is why this most likely was set up to be a repeat of the SEC championship game. It's like, who do you think brings in the most money in football right now? The SEC, Alabama, Georgia, the big show, all the boys that are going to be drafted to these NFL teams, which right now is from the SEC, despite what happened against LSU the other day with all of their players out and all that sort of stuff. So... Cincinnati wound up honestly holding up against Alabama better than Michigan did, which, you know, is fine. That had nothing to do with my point. It was just that the committee cares about money. And so now we have a repeat of the or the SEC championship game for the national championship game, Alabama, Georgia. I am going to take Georgia in this game by a touchdown because I don't think that you play each other in an SEC championship game and Alabama gets away with not only one as an upset, but two in a national championship game to take home a title. I'm going to take the dogs in this one by a touchdown for that reason, even though my favorite conspiracy theories are that college football is rigged for Nick Saban and the NFL is rigged for Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Either way, that is what I'm taking. Sarah, I know you are not a huge college football fan, but as we've said before, I love to get your opinion and score predictions just because I think it's funny. So I want to know who you're taking and by what. Oh God, I don't know if I even have score predictions. I I would say it's Michigan and Georgia, right? No, it's Alabama, Georgia. Alabama, Georgia. Okay. Um. I see that I only even really know about Alabama, but because my cousin is a big Georgia fan, they live out in Georgia and okay. I know they're diehards. I see their stories all the time. I'll go Georgia. <laughs> okay. So I'm saying, all right, I'm going to say UGA 2720. Sarah, okay. what is your score? And okay. What do we want to wager? Uh a good question hmm all right i think i think our wager you have to get five seltzers in in one episode okay all right okay. that's a good one okay what's your score prediction right, let me think of the score i'm gonna go 37 30 okay <laughs> all right i dig it because both their offenses are pretty good all right so people you heard it here. Five seltzers, one show for the loser. <laughs> that will be next week's episode. So stay tuned for that. Speaking of a special thing we have going on in this episode, we have our awards party, people. The Woo. best of the year is here. Thank you so much for everyone who submit a nomination or who voted. We, I honestly had so much fun doing this. I forgot about a lot of the stuff that people had to say, and I had a good time. I don't know about you. 
Oh my god, I was laughing so hard. It also made me like realize that like we've been doing this for like a decent amount of time now because I was like, I forgot about some of these things. I know. So we're gonna have to keep a running list of stuff for next year. But I figured I wrote down your pick, my pick, and the winner and yes. the nominations. I think that we can go through, say why we picked what we did, and then announce the winner. Um, so starting off with best meme of the year, our two most popular nominations were the Bussin' Kermit meme that I made and the seltzer bonk that Bonk Master came in, made us earlier in the year that has been awesome for us. We both picked Bussin' Kermit. Sarah, why did yes. you pick Bussin' Kermit? Seltzer bonk is a classic and I feel like we use it so often. But Bustin' Kermit just was, like, the funniest <laughs> thing, like, at the time. Because, one, like, just Anthony's always funny. He just always makes me laugh. But then, Thank you. <laughs> just anytime, anything's busted. But then also that whole, like, actual picture itself is just so funny. And it was the same time we were going to, like, the Red Sox and these <laughs> wildcard games. So it just made it so much funnier. And I don't know. It was just good memories. <laughs> I actually cried laughing making that. I was so stoned on my couch. <laughs> And saw someone posted that picture. And I was like, oh my God, I could so make a meme of this. So I did and like didn't expect it to get any interaction, but it was one of our most liked photos of last year. And like, I saw the likes and comments start pouring in and I was just dying laughing, like crying on my couch at home alone laughing. So I also just good memories, but the winner was actually the seltzer bonk by a mile so yeah uh, I was shocked I mean we do do use it a lot (laughs) we do we do um so congratulations Cayman you are taking home a seltzer (laughs) award this year your first seltzer good for you congratulations maybe next year when we like plan a little better we'll actually have awards to send people or something like (laughs) that but for now we're poor um and you're just getting a shout out on the show (laughs) (laughs) um moving on to our most ridiculous sports moment of the year the nominations were between the nll goalie fight and the trevor zegris goal sarah what was your pick i obviously went goalie fight there is just there's no way you couldn't i think the only people who voted for the zegris goal were the ones who didn't see the goalie fight because otherwise Mm -hmm. i thousand percent believe it would have been unanimous (laughs) yep um, this was unanimous top to bottom. Sarah took the goalie fight. I took the goalie fight. You guys took the goalie fight. It's just how often do you actually see a goalie fight? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's that not that was... like, yeah, you don't see cool goals all the time. I mean, you see cool goals all the time. You don't see cool goals like that. But it's like, I feel like a cool goal is or like something like that is like a once in a season thing where like this is like a once in a decade thing. Yeah, like you do not ever in any sport with goalies, you don't see goalies fighting each other. And then it was just like the fact that it was the NLL and we like talked so much about it was just so fitting. <laughs> Hashtag normalize goalie fights. Hell yeah. <laughs> I am so in for it. I feel like that that's so metal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Wait, can we talk about my other high this week? Should have been my nails. One's a smiley face and one's a sad face and they're white and black. And I think I love those. They're pretty rad. Um, They are. (laughs) So most adorable sports moments. We actually had different opinions here. The nominations were between Bronx Kitty and Tiger Woods and Charlie Woods. 
I took Bronx Kitty just because I'm still obsessed with Bronx Kitty. I wish we never changed our Twitter <laughs> header. Bronx Kitty forever. You took Tyler, Tiger and Charlie. Yes. Which doesn't surprise me because you're such a sucker for kids and you want a child. I- <laughs> And that I'm was what swayed. I just think Charlie Woods is so freaking cute and he's he like is. so cool and he's like 11, 12. And also just like the fact like, okay, like Tiger went through this big accident and now you're seeing him again. It's with him and his son. They're just got- it was just so cute. I thought it was a feel good moment. Yep. The masses agreed with you and the winner is Tiger and Charlie. I honestly was kind of surprised just because we didn't really talk a whole lot about that, but we talked so much about Bronx Kitty. I know. So yeah, that, really, that, I really mentioned Tiger and Charlie like briefly. Yeah. So that was, that was my thing there, but I, I, I think that that's a good dub, solid dub. I'm not upset about it. It was a feel good moment. <laughs> you are correct. Um, so probably the most anticipated <laughs> award of the year. Um, I honestly don't think that anyone expected the outcome of this, but the award is for most bussin. The nominees were none other than Anthony, the Red Sox fan against our own blood, Freddie and Jackson. <laughs> I per- I think you guys are going to be shocked by the outcome here. I really do. I picked Anthony, the Red Sox fan, because how do you outbus the bus and master himself? Sarah, I know you picked Anthony, yeah. the Red Sox fan. What was your reasoning? You can't pick against the guy that made Bussin. Like, Bussin was not a thing without Anthony the Red Sox fan. I'm like, yep, I love you, Freddie. I love you, Jackson, but you're not the Bussin king. Shocking. <laughs> just not. Shocking outcome here. The award for most Bussin <laughs> stole the show. The winner, Anthony the Red Sox fan. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> so bussin. Um, that was not a shocker. Clean sweep for Anthony the Red Sox fan, no. as it should be. Love you too, but it'll never. It, stop saying fetch. Never. It will never happen. You can't compare. <laughs> you cannot. Um, bonk of the year. I think that this one is probably one of my favorite categories. So we bonk people often. <laughs> But I think the two biggest bonks of the year, and the internet got it right. I forgot about Cat Guy, the guy who <laughs> slid up on my story and was like, my cat died. Can I see your tits? And I reposted it. And he just kept going. He was like, my dribble died. Can I see your tits? My dog died. Can I see your tits? My grandmother died. Can I see your And he just would not stop. So that was the nomination that I forgot about that actually wound up being one of the nominees. And then the other, Sarah, was Big John no surprise the bosoms were not what me dumping them out what was it who was what was it oh my god <laughs> it was something about like roller like at some roller derby team and some guy was like oh like i'm on the roller derby. it was something because i interviewed some providence Bruins player like years ago whatever and he's like did you dump him out for him? i was like no like i was working he's like, well, I play, I roller derby, which is close to hockey. So can I And then Big John just like came out of nowhere. I was like, dump them out. Dumping them out. Yeah. I mean, he did that like once a week, but just in that context, made it so much funnier because it all started with like me tweeting about like the Providence Bruin. I, I don't know. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, 
Uh, I obviously picked the cat. I feel like when it's something for you, you have to pick yourself. So I picked myself, you picked yourself. And the winner was Big John, as it should be, just because the harassment level was outrageous. (laughs) Um, But just know that if your cat dies, I will not show you my tits. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Sarah will not be dumping them out for AHL players. (laughs) Absolutely not. Or Big John. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, but no, when we did our very fuck kill, you were like, I kind of love Big John. So you might dump him out for Big John. And then he got banned. So no one's heard from him since. I think that we should write like a love ballad for Big John. I'm like, where is he in the world? Like, reveal yourself. I don't. We care. miss you. <laughs> Literally, we miss you. <laughs> is it fucked up that I do kind of miss Big John? No, I kind of do too. And also, like now, because I like limited my replies on Twitter so that only people can follow me. Like, I start. I'm like, I don't really get any entertaining replies anymore, which is fine. It's like whatever. But I'm like, I miss the Big Johns. Like, he was the only one I kind of enjoyed because that they at least gave me a laugh. They were weird, but they made me laugh. Nobody gasses you up like a Big John, you know? No. Everyone needs at least one. <laughs> um, our best dressed athlete of the year nominations go to our homie G, Travis Kelsey and pasta i voted for travis kelsey just because i enjoy his fashion sense um and Mm -hmm. i feel like he's always on where with pasta you never know is he gonna be because when pasta's on he's on and when pasta's off he's off so i was like i don't think i can like handle you know the like gray area of pasta's wardrobe but you picked pasta and so did the people pasta for the people pasta is our winner of best dressed athlete of the year. But I think that now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, okay, I can appreciate that when he's on, he's on. And when he's off, he's off because NHL players, they're just like us. <laughs> See, I'm just so biased. Cause I'm like, Oh, obviously like I think twice, but I was like pasta easy just because he is like, when you look back at it, like consistently, probably the most like best dressed NHL player in terms of like, obviously like Hank Long's so hot so handsome but wasn't as daring as pasta is and that's like kind of just exciting to see what he's wearing so even when I'm like oh, I don't know if I love that I'm like you look good in it just because you're so cute like Aww. you're so cute and confident so yeah <laughs> okay go off pasta pasta you are taking home a seltzer award not that you know we exist and you never will but congratulations on the seltzer Woo! award and our last award of the year I feel like we should actually do something for this despite who the winner is that you will hear in a second just because this these are our the two people closest to our hearts talk about friend of the program best (laughs) guest of the year and I just want to take a second here to give a shout out to all of the awesome guests we've had this year we've had some freaking phenomenal people on the show this year and I I don't plan on that stopping this year. If you guys tweet us who you want to have, we will try our very best to get them on. Top to bottom, awesome nominations. Wound up boiling down to obviously Matt Rambo, our first guest, our <laughs> only male guest, friend of the yes. program, Matt Rambo. Jacksonville native Matt Rambo. I was like, and, ooh, Matt Rambo. <laughs> Duval, baby. Except fuck Bulls High School. Yeah, I don't care if you're in high school and you listen to this podcast, go fuck yourself. Um, (laughs) And our mothers. I chose our moms just because as much of a friend as Matt Rambo is to us, I feel like I would have a 
first class ticket to hell if I didn't vote for my mom. <laughs> so I'm voting for our mothers. Sarah, who'd you vote for and why? I also voted for our moms because how do you vote against them? Like how? You just can't. <laughs> they put up with our shenanigans a lot more than he does. Yeah, for years and years and years. So, and unanimously the winner is our moms. So yeah, moms, woo, go moms. Um, thanks so much to all of our guests this year. Matt, you still get a consolation prize. We are bringing you an SNS hoodie. Yes. Um, but thank you to our moms. Congratulations to our moms. I feel like we should probably do something for them. Not that we... <laughs> would have picked other otherwise we love you guys i feel like we should make that a yearly thing like our show right before the thanksgiving every year should be with our moms yes i agree i really liked that episode that was fun maybe we could even do it like a mother's day thing too Mm -hmm. like twice a year episode with our moms that'd be wholesome yeah i think that that would you know bring some wholesome content (laughs) to this shit show of (laughs) a space on the internet (laughs) um so thank you so much to everyone who participated who nominated who voted really appreciate it we will do this again next year for sure because i had so much fun kind of reliving our memories over the last 23 weeks also i cannot believe we are 23 weeks into this and like i sent you that in our email when i sent you the show notes this week 23 weeks that's wild (laughs) crazy crazy and I did two of them without you and I don't know how I survived (laughs) shout out to Taylor Mathis though she was a homie for coming through for us as we start to yeah Taylor Mathis real homie honestly runner up to our moms and Matt Rambo for the guest (laughs) of the year she really stepped in last second so that was awesome from her um As we close out our show, we are going to move into the rest of our weekly topics, our pop culture shit of the week. Sarah, I love yours. What is yours? Yeah, so I'm sure if most people have saw this, Benny, Mookie, and Brock were reunited. I think it was yesterday. They were just like working out together. But Brock made the caption, hashtag brothers. And it just like my heart bell I miss them all so much but it was just so cute to see and I love that like I knew that Benny and Brock were still friends because they were like best friends since Benny came up but I did not expect them to be with Mookie because I feel like Mookie kind of is his own little world especially with his like billions of dollars at this point but I loved that it was wholesome content it made me a little sad but mostly happy yeah I saw everyone across New England socials sharing that the other day (laughs) Very wholesome, very cute. I have a not so wholesome slash cute scenario. Mine's actually sports related. So do you follow tennis like at all? I knew who this guy was. Like I know because he is such a big tennis star, but I don't follow tennis. Okay. So I watch like the big matches, but I love going to tennis matches. Novak Mm. Djokovic came out and said that, well, his mother said that he is being treated like a prisoner by Australian authorities. The headline from CNN says Novak Djokovic is being treated like a prisoner by Australian authorities. His mother, Diana Djokovic, told reporters during a press conference in Serbia on Thursday, world number one Djokovic is thought to have been transferred to the Park Hotel in Melbourne after having his visa to enter the country blocked ahead of the Australian Open, according to CNN affiliate Seven Network and Nine News. 
basically this is because he's unvaccinated and everything surrounding COVID right now. I am so pro Australia in this conversation. It is 2022. This is two years in the making. You knew that vaccine passports and vaccinations and everything like that were going to be required to travel and compete outside of your country and other countries and stuff like that. You knew this. You, you, we knew this was coming for years now at this point, months, years, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. And now you want to play the victim because you think it's cute and quirky and special or whatever to not be vaccinated fuck off. I don't care. You're a millionaire. You're a billionaire. You'll be fine. Fuck off. You're not being treated like a fucking prisoner. You're not being allowed to participate in something by a country that said you need to be vaccinated. You have to be vaccinated to go to fucking preschool in America. Okay. Get over it. You are not cute. You are not special. You are not quirky. Go home. No, I think we've said a million times now, like, especially athletes, like, you know, the rules at this point, you know, when it's going, like, at this point, your vaccination status is going to keep you away from things if you're not vaccinated, just because that's how the rules are. That's what works for the well-being of everyone, like whatever, what your personal opinion is. But if you if you want to fucking play, then just do what's asked of you at this point, and especially like Australia, like they have been so strict about it. That's why they have been able for the most part up until I think now, really, to keep those COVID cases down. So I'm like, just fucking listen. Like, yeah, no one's asking you to like go to war. <laughs> no. And it's like, you're not a victim. Like stop having like the victim mindset. And it's like, you're being treated like a prisoner. Are you kidding me? You're one of the richest athletes in the world. Like you, I just, I'm so sick of this fucking, and it's not just in athletics. It's a lot in athletics, but just in general, people who are not the victim having a victim mindset one of my biggest pet peeves. Like I just, so (laughs) that could have been my tea party, but I I have something that I have hinted at for the rest of the show as my tea party this week. Sarah, I knew that you were going to take this as your tea party and I'm so glad that you did. (laughs) So I picked the obvious answer, but let's talk about it. I think we're talking about Tristan Thompson on here now. Like probably more than anyone else but he just continues to give so much nothing ever sports really like it never has anything to do with basketball just him being like a piece of shit and I'm sure everyone's now seen Tristan Thompson went on his Instagram story and made it public that he has a child with another woman who he cheated on Chloe with but the way it was worded was just so funny to me because one he made it sound like it wasn't him who did it it was like the paternity test has come back I'm like the paternity test didn't do anything. Like, you did that. And he was just like, yeah, like, Chloe, I have nothing but respect for you. I'm sorry I've embarrassed you. I'm like, obviously you don't have respect for her. <laughs> like, everything that you do points to zero respect whatsoever. And then he, like, acknowledges, like, yeah, I've embarrassed you. And I, like, my first thought was, remember with, like, Jordan Woods? Like, that was such a big thing. Like, whatever it was, like, three or four, I think four years ago now. And, like, all they did was kiss. Like, I remember vividly watching that episode of the Kardashians, and it was just a kiss. Then I've now watched Jordan Woods did a table talk last year talking about it. And she was like, yeah, like, I was just kind of, like, shunned from the world because the Kardashians did not go after Tristan Thompson. They went after her, like, this 20, 21-year-old girl. And we're just like, fuck you. Like, you're a piece of shit. You mm-hmm. homewrecker. Like, all this stuff. Because he kissed her. I'm like, you know what? I hope Jordan Woods having a great fucking day and having a field day with this because okay. she went through so much shit just for it all to be like, oh, he's a piece of shit. 
Okay, so that was actually a point I wanted to bring up. I also love that you said that he liked to act like it was the paternity test that had weak pullout game and not him because hello. <laughs> but okay, so I want to talk about Jordan and then I have one more question for you after that. So yes. Jordan is like now dating Carl Anthony Towns, who's also an NBA player. Yes. And they like seem so happy and whatever. And I do agree with you that the Kardashians decided to go after Jordan as this 21, 22 year old girl at this party. And while I have zero sympathy for her kissing her, you know, best friend's sister's baby daddy like I don't have any sympathy for that don't get me wrong but like after all the times that Tristan had screwed Chloe over at this point it wasn't like this was like the first thing whatever like this had been like a behavioral pattern at this point it's Mm -hmm. like how do you think Jordan feels right now slash how should she feel like should she feel like this is like her last laugh well, what's wild to me is like Tristan, like obviously we knew even before the Jordan Woods thing, he had cheated on Chloe because I remember it was like she was giving birth and then the news came out like that day, like, yeah, like Tristan was seen kissing this like whoever at a club or something. And that was just kind of brushed over because then she had true. Yeah. And so I watched the interview last year with Jordan Woods when she went on uh Jada Smith's like table podcasting yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And she was just like, she was very apologetic. She's like, what I did was wrong. Like, I completely understand that. Like, I, as a woman, like, I so see why they would be upset with me and stuff. She's like, it just, like, didn't really sit well with me that, like, I was the one getting all the, like, blunt hate for it. And Tristan was just like, uh, like, whatever. And again, like, she's this young girl. He's a grown man. He knew what he was doing. I'm not saying she didn't know what she was doing. But at the same time, it's just kind of like, you look at the Kardashians and their history, they always 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 blame these like young girls it's always Mm -hmm. these other women and it's like okay one you guys have been the other women in situations that's no secret we know that secret you continue to just onward trend whatever but I was like how are you able to just like brush off how like especially like Chloe's sisters I don't know like I understand in Chloe's situation it's difficult because like so complicated her sisters, like, you should just outright hate Tristan. Oh my God. <laughs> How yeah. is it you're twisted onto like the other woman? And you're just like, oh, but he's okay. He could still stay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that kind of pivots me in to my question for you is that mm-hmm. so we're women. We are not women shamers. We are not victim blamers. We are none of those things in this space. But my question is, is at what point? do you start to sort of blame Chloe? And we've kind of had this conversation before, but it's like the first time wasn't enough. The second time wasn't enough. The third time when you were in active labor wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. The, you know, best, the little sister's best friend, the, you know, whatever. It had to get to a point where he was literally having to take a paternity test, fathering someone's child while he was with you for the 8,000th time, are you kind of like, okay, well, not that you deserve this, but like, if you're going to be stupid, you got to be tough sort of situation. Yeah, no, see the first couple times it happened. Like I just felt bad for Chloe because no one like getting cheated on sucks, whatever. But I think uh, once you got to like the third time, it's like, all right, you know who Tristan Thompson is. You know what kind of person he is. It's not someone like, yeah, raise your kid with him. Like you you have a kid with each other, like co-parent at that point it's just like you have to cut your losses and then again like you always see Chloe like 
remember it was like maybe a couple months ago like one of these girls was like yeah Tristan cheated on Chloe with me and she did not say a word about Tristan she was just like this girl's lying like blah 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 like trying to get all these people to gang up on this girl I'm like even if she is lying the fact that people are believing it because that's how shitty he treats you like constantly probably should mean something to you that hey if you're going to start like outright calling people out maybe it should be the guy that you have a kid with that continues to publicly disrespect and humiliate you like I'm not going to say I don't feel bad for her because I can't imagine being in that situation but also again you know the type of person he is his repeated patterns of cheating whatever at that point I just like all right we could co-parent and coexist but that's about it (laughs) yeah and it's like that's that's my other point before we move on to our tweets of the week is it's like like I said we're not women bashers we're not you know victim blamers whatever but it's like at what point you have a daughter you you have a child let alone a daughter and it's like at what Mm -hmm. point are you starting to teach this girl habits that you don't really want her to pick up on about you know men and what's okay and what's not okay because it's like it's not like you're in like a small situation where you know you can hide these things that are going on in your family and not tell people and those sorts of things. You're literally in the most public eye in the entire yeah. world. Like you are a Kardashian child. And it's like, there is no way to hide this from this girl. This girl's going to know this by the time she can use the internet. So it's like, and you know, that's that. what I was thinking. Like I worry for her future. Like when she like goes and look for like mom and dad and sees all this shit that can fuck you up. Like I yeah. cannot even imagine yeah and it's like that's not a secret you know that so it's like at what point are you teaching these things to your daughter not even on purpose at that point point? and it's like yeah like I said we're women and it's like I would never want that for my daughter I wouldn't want that for my kid let alone Absolutely a daughter not. you know Ugh. so and it's like obviously we don't have kids we don't get it we can't tell people what you should and shouldn't do yeah but it's like that that can't be something that never crossed her mind no, and I honestly didn't even think of that point that like she, it's not like she just has a son or something like she literally has a daughter who looks up to her and is going to be able to easily go on the internet one day and find all this out and it's just like okay like again not victim blaming here at all but this is how my mom was treated like is that okay like that just happened we just let that go on and she looks exactly like her daddy. They ain't hiding shit. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that too. Um, so our last weekly segment is our tweets of the week. I had lots of bonks over the last two weeks. I feel like I exposed a lot of it, but I do have a favorite tweet from someone else. Sarah, do you have a tweet this week? Um, I do have a tweet. Now mine are very limited since I did limit my reply. So any mean thing get is usually in the quote retweets and so it's during the winter classic uh wayne gretzky was on the broadcast and i accidentally dropped an f-bomb as they were coming back on and so i just tweet about because it, it was funny like everyone's tweet about it. it's fucking funny when someone drops the f-bomb on tv especially when it's wayne gretzky like is that am i wrong is that not funny no that's i thought it was yeah that's <laughs> amazing so some you know how those old-time hockey people are. They, like, hate women. Don't mm-hmm. like anything that you do if it has to do with hockey. And this is someone that has tweeted at me multiple times now. And he was like, oh, so funny. Guy who played hockey for years swears. Like, are you new or something? And so I just, like, quoted. I was like, who's Wayne Gretzky? I, I didn't know who he was. Like, whatever. He thought I was serious. It was like, how do you have a job? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like oh my god <laughs> and then he just deleted all his tweets while people were going at him like 
you are so embarrassing. Like, I'm so embarrassed for you. Like, one, it was just funny. <laughs> it was just a funny thing. They're like, two, how do you have no sense of humor? <laughs> you know, the like emoji. <laughs> Why do I picture like you putting like him like looking at your profile and be like, NHL, who's Wayne Gretzky? <laughs> like, that's all I picture. Literally, I was like, he was like Wayne Gretzky, like trying to explain to you Wayne Gretzky is he's like, he's not just some hockey commentator. I was like, I don't know who that man is. <laughs> that is comedy. Also, I forgot to talk about my tea party segment. Am I hammered? <laughs> Maybe. I didn't, even, I, I, didn't, I didn't even think about it. Um, so we're going to like hop back and I'll actually talk about my tweet of the week really quick. And then we'll go back to that before I end the show. Yeah. My tweet of the week is from my friend, Emily from Jags Twitter. Someone wrote this week that for the fourth year in a row, the Jacksonville Jaguars will host a naturalization ceremony for a halftime of the Jacksonville Jaguars game against the Indianapolis Colts. On Sunday, January 29th, 2022 at TIAA Bank Field, 74 persons from 32 countries will become new United States citizens. My friend Emily quote tweeted this and said, oh man, 74 people from 32 countries are going to become United States citizens surrounded by a stadium full of clowns. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) That is the most American thing that has ever happened. Like, (laughs) I actually have like tears for the second time reading this tweet. Like, that is so funny. Like I so bad (laughs) because every single person that walks into that stadium on Sunday is going to be dressed like a clown and these people are becoming United States citizens (laughs) surrounded by an NFL stadium and people dress like clowns. Bunch of clowns. (laughs) I feel like because this has become sort of like a tradition in this game that this has to like we moving forward we just have to like normalize people like becoming naturalized citizens in a stadium full of clowns at this point (laughs) it makes me think about tiktok sounds like i'm gonna be honest you look like clowns clowns look like fucking clowns (laughs) like imagine us becoming Canadian citizens in like an NLL arena filled of people dressed like clowns. <laughs> <laughs> like this is such a special day. Like you have your family coming out and yeah. you're clowns. <laughs> and they don't get it because like it's like they think that it's just like this like game or whatever and they're not on Jags Twitter yeah. and they're not like dialed in and they just see everyone walking in like this and think it's normal. Like eye emoji, lip emoji, eye emoji. What the fuck is this? Am I in the right place? <laughs> so that was my tweet of the week. Honestly, that outshined any bonk that could have happened to me. So there's yeah. that. Um, gonna hop back to my tea. I don't think we've ever forgotten a segment before. So I'm no. just gonna close the show out with my tea party <laughs> segment, which is something that I've been like hinting at all episode long. So I don't know how I forgot it. My tea party is obviously Antonio Brown against the Jets. I personally have such conflicting feelings about this. Like I fucking hate Antonio Brown as a person because of all of his, his numerous. And when I say numerous sexual assault allegations and like all of that shit, he honestly can rot in hell. In my opinion, I hate that the Bucks even gave him an opportunity, but on top of that, he 
what the story sort of was before today, and I'm sure with, by the time this show comes out, there will. Sorry, I have crazy yeah. hiccups right now. I'm not even drunk. Um, but and and by the time the show comes out, there will be so many details. So if you're listening to this on Saturday, we're recording on Thursday. But he, you know, what we thought was him quitting against the Jets and then having this whole, you know, drama show walking out and then calling an Uber and then he was courtside at the Nets games the next day. And now it's he's saying, which seems to be legitimate, that he had such a bad yeah. injury that he didn't want to play and Bruce Arians was making him play. And then he even named the doctor and posted text messages and all of these sorts of things. And it's like, if Antonio Brown weren't Antonio Brown, I think that there would be two different things happening here. One people in the media would be more likely to believe him. And two Bruce Arians would more likely be like you, you know what, if you're injured, maybe let's like look into that or whatever. Whereas Bruce Arians was like, yeah. you need to be here and you need to play. Especially because the, the, the team has all these injuries and stuff like that, that Antonio Brown was obviously the first receiver in that, in that system at the moment. So it's like, I think that if Antonio Brown wasn't himself, we wouldn't be looking at it this way, but it's like Antonio Brown is who Antonio Brown is. And now he has some rap song that he released that I listened to, which was like actually insane, but it already has a million listens. I don't I know if you I listened to it. It was insane. If you have not, can we please make the it's outro? Um, I want to make the outro music to this episode, Antonio Brown song, but I don't want to give him any mm-hmm. clickbait. Um, but I just like, if it weren't Antonio Brown, I would be so team Antonio Brown, but honestly he can go fuck himself because of all of his, of his allegations. Well, I did see today, like Bruce Aaron's just like, yeah, like I did tell him to get out, like get off the field or whatever. He's like, that's not what I meant to like cause this huge big scene. And I will say now I am a lot more skeptical as to Bruce Aaron's whole side of the story, just because like you said, like. Antonio Brown has the receipts, like whatever. If it was anyone else, I'd be a thousand percent on his side. But I'm just like, kind of like what we were saying earlier about like Baker Mayfield. Like he is a thousand times more controversial than Baker Mayfield, obviously. Like Baker Mayfield may like say or not always perform up to standards, but he's not like a shitty person. Where Antonio Brown's a straight shit person. So I'm less likely to believe him. But at the same time, he does have the receipts and whatnot. And I think it does start interesting conversation about Bruce Arians. I saw a lot of people on Twitter like, oh, I lost so much respect for Bruce, like blah, 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 like all this stuff. I'm like, it's so hard for me to have a solid opinion on this just because he's such a, maybe such a volatile person that I'm like, I don't know if I, even if I do believe him, I don't want to be like, yeah, I'm on his side. I don't think I would ever be on his side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in the same place. Like if it were anyone else, I would be like, you know what? I'm a theatrical person. Go off, sis. Like, do your fucking thing. I would do the same thing if someone said that to me. And that's what I thought they meant. And like, I was going through all this drama with an injury or whatever. And the memes were honestly gold. That if it were anyone else, I would have been like, you take that Uber. You go sit courtside. But the fact that it's AB, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I hope you run out of money so fast and you (laughs) like wind up homeless. Like, I don't give a fuck. You shouldn't have assaulted all those people. Yeah, that... This whole time, like, we really just let that, like, go over everyone's head. <laughs> well, it's like, that's what I was, like, talking about earlier with the Ben Roethlisberger situation. It was like, I was, mm-hmm. my roommate and I were doing some research because we both wanted to talk about this today. He wanted to write about it. I wanted to talk about it, obviously. And it got to the point where I was looking up all of his sexual assault allegations. And I was like, oh, my God, I forgot that was him. Oh, my God, I forgot that was mm-hmm. him. Oh, my God, I forgot this happened. And it's like the fact that 
I, there's so many of these situations in the NFL where we are forgetting that things happened or maybe thinking it was someone else or whatever. That's like the reality of where we are in the NFL and the lack of accountability that they have as an organization is fucking absurd. And it's like, Mm-hmm. this isn't going to get any better but it's like fuck Antonio Brown yeah so, there's really no set person in this situation I'm like yeah I'm on their side or like this yeah. is the clear winner here and knowing the NFL he will get another chance I saw it today yep. he's like I will play for whatever team wants to pick me up and I'm sure he will get the opportunity so yep that was my next question for you was do you think that he will play again I'm gonna go with no I don't think so but you know after my, my roommate's point in his article today was that if it's kind of Bruce Arian's fault, like after the first incident, he was like, you know, he's one and done, you know, whatever. And then you keep giving him these opportunities. And it's like, well, you kind of made this bed. Now you have to lie in it. Bill Belichick didn't have any issues with him to yeah. this extent or, you know, any of these theatrics or anything like that. And it's like, okay, Bruce Arians, this is kind of your fault. So your Super Bowl team is falling apart and partially it's your fault. No, I definitely think no one in the situation sent by any means, but now as more and more comes out about the story, I think there is a lot of questions about Bruce Arians to be asked, which rightfully so. And you know how it goes. Like he has all these PR people telling him what to do, what to say. Whereas AB, I feel like obviously he has PR people, but he very much just does whatever the fuck he wants. Whereas Bruce Arians, like he's very calculated, which you should be when you're in that role. But yep, it makes it a lot harder to feel bad for him because you know everything is just like, okay, what about the image? What about our team? Like, and not like, oh, what about our team? Like we're going to keep playing. Just like, what's the reputation basically? Yeah. Well, and that's what he said in that interview. Some reporter asked him, you know, she was like, well, you know, you said it was a one and done situation with Antonio Brown now. And, you know, we're at this one and done spot in this. How do you feel about it? And he goes, I don't really give a shit what you guys have to say or think or whatever. I'm going to do what I think is best for this football team, which I agree with. And at the time, I I just think that you play the risk at that point. Therefore, if you want to dance with the devil, the devil's repercussions are your fault at this point and that's how I feel about that so do you have any closing thoughts I do not all right well thank you so much for listening to Saturdays and Seltzers so happy to have Sarah back don't forget to follow (laughs) us on all of your social media platforms we are at Satin Seltzers pod on Twitter at Saturdays and Seltzers on Instagram join our discord be part of the conversation we are always looking for suggestions for the show over there so happy Saturday.
Uh, y'all know who it is. It's your boy K.R. Spot a kiss on the track. <laughs> Let's go.